woke up quick at about noon. Hope you had an absolutely fantastic Memorial Day weekend. Welcome into the Tuesday, May 26th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling presented by Vibe Health Bar. Again, hope your weekend was fantastic. Uh, hope it was safe. Hope you were responsible. I see a lot of people wilding out, man, wilding out all over the country. Even saw some people that I know, people I'm friends with, talking about, man, now that the quarantine's over, we about to go out and, like, yo, fam, the quarantine ain't over, man. You need to chill. And by the way, why are you out doing that, man? Stay away from me. I don't want your nasty ass over here anywhere near me. And this, it's not over, man. I, I know we're starting to feel like it is. I know, you know, our, our, our restaurants are starting to open up. Like, if we needed to go to the mall, we can get something. We can find toilet paper, for God's sake. Amazon Prime is back on track. I, I know that it feels like like okay like we're good we're not just just continue to chill man we're doing the right things the reason that you know this hasn't spread to to greater proportions particularly here in california is because we're doing things right man so so let's keep doing that and let's knock out the you know the covid 19 story so to speak uh first out the gate of course it pertains to the nba because major league baseball has handled their whole situation wrong and we haven't heard a peep out of them we have not heard a thing for Major League Baseball. It's funny, man. I I didn't intend to not have a show on Friday. But I uh, came into the studio Friday morning, everything normal, sat down. And for the first time that I can think of, whether it's the podcast or it's Be Conscious or it's the Sacramento Kings podcast, the wrestling podcast, whatever. No matter, I, it's for the first time to my absolute recollection i just hit record hit the intro and started talking actually i actually it's not what i did i hit record and i just started talking because i had opened up what was supposed to be friday's show i opened with like a, a cold open and i was talking about marty mack you know marty mack had he he passed away on thursday and i know sacramento kings fans are super familiar with him uh, you know, NBA fans are are familiar with him, and and hopefully you've seen about four or five days worth of just glowing tributes about Marty Mack. He was a, a one of a kind character. If you ever interacted with him, uh, you probably didn't forget it. Like he was something else. He, you know, one of the terms that I was using on social media pretty regularly is he is the absolute definition of one of a kind. And I thought, man, okay, here, here's what I'm going to do because I don't know how to transition from tar- talking about Marty Mack, uh, you know, to talking about, you know, I, I had a story on Dak Prescott and the NBA and all of this other stuff. So I thought, okay, I, I, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll do the cold open and then I'll hit the intro as the transition. And because I did that, for some reason, again, I just sat down hit record, started talking, and I've got the program in front of me. I can see the levels, and I like I noticed something at first, but it's like, okay, I just need to talk up a little bit more, and I, you know, I'm, I'm doing this tribute for Marty Mack and the whole deal. And then I hit the transition, which is the, you know, the intro, and not really paying attention, I, I didn't notice that the intro didn't register into my recording program. Recorded about a 59-minute show. And if I do say so myself, you know I'm quick to point out shows that suck, as as evidenced by one of our shows last week that I had to re-record because I thought it was so bad. But I thought Friday, I thought it was great. And when I went to put the process on it and and uh, put it into the the host, I realized my microphone wasn't registering. I was recording into 
the computer microphone. And man, I I messed with it for about about 15 minutes. I ran like all sorts of different processing through it and I thought, "Oh, all right, like I could post a disclaimer that says, hey, I'm really sorry. This show doesn't have the normal sound quality it normal does. I know when I hear a podcast that normally has like A plus sound quality and it goes to like C sound quality, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just miss that episode because it's, it's important to me. And people have asked me, you know, a number of people have asked me about starting podcasts and, you know, best ways to go about it. And the, the, one of the first things I'll tell people is, you know, you got to invest in the right sound. And I couldn't make it work. So I did what I had done earlier in the week when I recorded, I think it was Monday's episode or Tuesday's episode or whatever it was. Shut things down. It's like, don't worry about it. Walk the girls and came back to the house and realized I can't replicate what I just did. There's just absolutely no way I could replicate that. So I, I just thought people are listening to the archive show. They're catching up on what we did Monday through Thursday and uh, I wound up not having a show on Friday. The reason that popped into my head right here is because I know one of the things that I was talking about on that Lost Friday show with the bad sound quality. Last week was obviously a very bad week for the podcast, by the way, given that I had to re-record one show because I thought it was so bad. And this one where I just had a, I, I guess you just call it a brain fart. Like I didn't do a sound check and, you know, 59 minutes later I wound up paying for it. But as I attempt to get on track here today, uh, I, I, one of the things that I was talking about was how baseball is just screwed up at every turn. Like they, baseball, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, for God's sakes, was out publicly saying, "I, you know, I believe this. I believe this is going to get passed. I believe what the what the Major League Baseball owners put in front of the Players Association. I believe this is going to get to pass, and I believe that we're going to have baseball." This was like three weeks ago, and still we have nothing. Meanwhile, the NBA is holding, they're holding multiple uh, board of governors calls with the players. They're holding calls with the players and Commissioner Adam Silver. Uh, they're holding calls with like, you know, the superstar only conference call. And now we've got individual conference calls going out with the league and every team. Every team is going to have input into what the NBA does upon its seemingly very, very likely return. It absolutely feels like the NBA season is going to happen. The question is, in what form? Are we going to get a minimum, you know, 70-game season, 72-game season, 76-game season? I think uh, Adrian Wojnarowski or, or Shams uh, tweeted out a, like a survey, a survey that went from the league to the general managers across the NBA saying, uh, should we have just the playoff teams return? Should we have a 72-game season? Should we have a 60-game, a 76-game season? Should we reseed? Uh, should we have a, a, a one through 16 seeding regardless of conference? Because remember, you know, the, the, the conference thing or the realigning of, uh, of playoffs, just the top 16 teams make it regardless of conference. It's been a long conversation Oh, and, and normally, you know, you get that, I'm so mad that my team would have made the playoffs if we were an Eastern Conference argument, uh, that we would have made the, the playoffs if we were an Eastern Conference team. Like, you hear that from fans, or you hear that from, you know, sports talk media, despite the fact that almost always, not 
Not 100% of the time, but it almost always winds up 8-8. Eight and eight. The top 16 teams without conference realignment almost always make the playoffs. But you've, you've heard a lot lately. I mean... I mean, gosh, I feel like we've heard it a lot over the last three years. Maybe before, you know, it had quieted down for a while. We had heard it a few years before that. But one of the big things that uh, is usually a, a, a turnoff, not from a fan standpoint, because I don't think most fans think about this, but I think from a television standpoint, from a league standpoint, and particularly from a player standpoint, is you know, Portland versus Miami could be a playoff matchup. Think about that for a second. In a in you know a series setup that is a two one 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 or excuse me, 2-2-1-1-1, two, two, one, 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 as it pertains to home court, you, you, you just can't fly. You going to fly back and forth between Portland and Miami? Then that's crazy. That's a terrible idea. However, in our current situation regarding the National Basketball Association and the potential uh, playoff picture that may be ahead of us, that ain't going to be a problem. There is going to be no traveling when it comes to this upcoming playoff format. Now, this creates a whole other, you know, separate conversations because when you look at the current state of the potential one through 16, you got to realize what this looks like. Like, it, it's kind of one of those be careful what you wish for things because this now sets up a situation where teams like the Clippers and the Celtics and the Bucks, they're all on the same side. And you basically just have the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, the Los Angeles Lakers are on one side like, hey, what's happening? And you've got, you know, all of these other teams, you know, go, go, I don't want to say on one side. That's not the proper way of putting it, one through 16, but they wind up playing each other. And not that there aren't some, you know, there's a, you know, Toronto that they'll have to deal with. Like, there's still difficult teams that the Lakers would have to deal with. But this is, you know, when you, like, if you're Nick Nurse, for example, or Brad Stevens, or, or even if you're, uh, even if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. And you go into the season going, okay, first order of business. Like we, we, we get, we've got to set short-term goals. We've got to set long-term goals. One of our long-term goals for the season is we've got to get home court advantage. That's what, that's what we've got to do. Okay, so the season starts to progress. Now you've got the Bucks doing what they're doing. Now you've got Nick Nurse who's had a great season. You've got Brad Stevens who's had the season that he has. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, all right, we got to shift gears here. We got to make sure we're not going to be able to catch the Bucks, guys. We know we're not going to be able to catch the Bucks, but we got to get that two seed. We got to get that three seed because we got to make sure that we get as many home court games as we can. Okay, well now all of a sudden you're not playing home games anymore, so you're looking at potential matchups. It's like, okay, well, who do we got here? Who do we got? Okay, we we we, we want to avoid this matchup. We don't want to have to play uh, Milwaukee. And, and that's really what this all boils down to. We don't want to have to play Milwaukee until we get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, all of a sudden, now that changes. And what do we? there's no Western Conference Finals anymore. There's no Eastern Conference Finals anymore. Do we really want to blow up the entire format? And I, and I understand. Unique time, unique circumstances, perhaps they require unique actions. You know, say drastic times call for drastic me- measures. We'll, we'll switch it up a little bit. We'll create our own thing. Unique times call for unique measures. But do they? Like, do we really need to do 1 through 16? It, what, like, like, for, for, like, what is, what now? And, and I guess you could argue, well, we just play around with it and mess around with it, see what happens. Like, why not? Again, uh, extreme circumstances, let's just see what happens. But you don't really have to. 
So why not just keep it the same? You know, it, maybe, maybe, maybe you try with this next year. Because what you could do is you could fi- My feeling is this is my personal feeling on the season. Finish it as close to normal as you can. I still, I don't believe regular season games should be played. I don't believe 72 games should be played. I don't believe 76 games should be played because what that does is it puts teams like, you know, I'll take Sacramento out of the equation. I don't believe Sacramento has a legitimate chance to make the playoffs with 10 or 11 games. Mathematically, do they? Absolutely. Could things happen and they to get it done? A hundred percent. Would you want to see that chance? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Shoot. I'll, why not? We know that regional television money is a factor. We don't know how broadcasting is going to be handled. Because think about this again. Let's let's say they go all 30 teams or in the in the Kings travel to to Orlando for 10 games. I, I don't I, I don't know what the exact number is. I, it, it, let's say they're trying to get 72 just for fun. Let's say they play 10 games. Are, are they bringing their TV crew? Are they bringing the media? Are they shrinking? Uh, uh, broadcast crews and asking them to like double and triple up. Like we're going to bring broadcast crews, say from ESPN and uh, TNT and by default with TNT, NBA TV. Because are we bringing like TV guys and radio guys? Are we in a situation where the radio guy goes and the radio guy's voice goes out on the TV? Because still, no matter what you saw on the news this Memorial Day weekend, we're still very much in a global pandemic. And what the NBA has to do to get through this playoff stretch is to minimize a potential outbreak in the league. I'm not talking about a Rudy Gobert situation. I'm not talking about a Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell situation even. I'm talking about widespread positive tests within the NBA that would force because one positive test isn't going to shut the league down. I don't think two positive tests is going to shut the league down. But if we start to, if it starts to spread further and we start to talk about a double digit number of positive tests in the NBA, then this thing gets shut down. And the NBA has to find a way to minimize that. Adam Silver. And the 30 clubs, they've got to find a way to minimize that, which is why I've always thought it would be silly. to. It's not silly to ask Sacramento to go, which is why I get it's all or nothing. It's not silly to ask Sacramento to go. It's not silly to ask Washington go to go. It's silly to ask Cleveland to go. It's silly to ask, you know, Golden State. Hey, go play these last 10 games of the season. Yeah, I know. I know it feels like you're pretty much coming off an off season. And we're asking you to come back, knock out these 10 games. I think even one of the questions was, what's the latest day that you're okay with the season ending? And I think Labor Day was an option. Middle of September was an option. And then the first, you know, sometimes sometime in October uh, was an option for the season ending. So my feeling is, you know, I, 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 I understand the regional money. I understand the regional television money. Excuse me. I understand the importance of that. But I think the ultimate importance is getting through this without a widespread outbreak. Because if the NBA is the first one back, and I'm not counting UFC, and I'm certainly not counting WWE and AEW and and stuff like that. If the NBA is the first of the major sports back, if Major League Baseball can't figure this out, and it doesn't appear that Major League Baseball is on the verge of figuring anything out, if they're able to do this, then they're going to be very much the benchmark just as they were when they shut things down. 
The NBA suspends their season. The NCAA follows. The NHL follows. Major League Baseball follows. Boom. NBA kind of set the barometers there. Now they have a chance to set the barometer again. How can you do it in the best case scenario? Unlike Major League Baseball, baseball hasn't started yet. Baseball doesn't have this ability to say, okay, we're going to contract here and we're going to minimize the teams that can show up in you know, Florida or Arizona or, or, or Texas or some of these you know, states that they're considering holding uh, baseball games and like mini leagues. They don't. They don't have. They they don't have the ability to do that. They've got an entire season to play, whether it's an eighty game season or, you know, I'm wondering at this point if it winds up being less, if it winds up being you know a sixty game season or a seventy game season. College football, college basketball, and the NFL just have the ability to kind of sit back and see. Okay, where are we in a few months, and how did the NBA do? How did the NBA do finishing up? How did Major League Baseball do getting started? So my feeling is just minimize the impact. Sorry. Minimize the potential impact as much as possible. Send the 16 teams, whether it's one bubble in Orlando or it's two bubbles in Orlando and Las Vegas or maybe Houston gets worked in here, which, again, I think that's absolutely insane. But whether you're doing one bubble or two bubbles, however many bubbles you got, minimize the impact, potential impact, by just sending the playoff teams. Because you start incorporating these other teams now, now you've, you you because it's easy to like for broadcast broadcasting is easy with the playoffs. You don't you, you don't have to. You know, again, I'm sympathetic to teams' financial needs. I'm sympathetic to you know you know we know furloughs are upcoming for the Sacramento Kings. I very seriously doubt they're the only NBA team that that is doing this, but we the the league has to look at the. The league has to look at the best case scenario for them. And the best case scenario for them right now is to just get through this. Now, next year, which is why I think they need to stay 8-8. Eight and eight. They need to stay with the current playoff format. As much as it feels like a new season, it's not. As long as this, this break is going to wind up being, it's not an official offseason because you're coming in and your accolades have already been accumulated. Your win-loss totals have already been accumulated. Whoever wins the MVP award, you've already made your case. So next year, where we're probably still playing a bulk of, if not all of the season, either in a bubble or in empty arenas, then... Then you could talk about, you know what? We have an ability to do a little something different. We're going to do a 1 through 16 playoff format next year. The top 16 teams in the league, they make the playoffs. We're going to play out, and this might be a proclamation that Adam Silver has to make in advance. Like, like when I say in advance, I mean he has to make this before the season starts. He has to decide at the beginning of the season, we are playing zero games in front of fans this year because no one's of the belief that, well, I don't want to say no one because I I read that there are people bitching and complaining or a person bitching and complaining about the Republican National Convention in North Carolina not being at full capacity. Most sane people realize that sporting events with a crowd probably aren't happening until, from what we've been told, what we've been told since the beginning of this, Probably the middle of next year. 
So Adam Silver has the, you know, it's it's going to be difficult to go like on a game-to-game basis. Is next season played in a bubble? Well, that probably depends on how this playoffs go. Is next season a situation where teams are just jumping on their charters and flying to empty arenas and they're playing games in empty arenas? Or maybe is there a situation where like the Clippers, the Lakers, maybe there's regional bubbles. Like there's a California bubble where the Kings, Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers play. And then there's like a Northeastern bubble where the Celtics and the Nets and the Knicks play. You know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to, you, you know, there's, there's so much unknown ahead of us. So this year, keep, keep the 8-8. Eight and eight, And then next year, because Adam Silver, they've got a lot to figure out. Because while the playoffs are going on, if they're able to get this done, and it certainly feels like they are, while they're monitoring, you know, COVID tests, while they're monitoring how their players are feeling, while they're monitoring their, you know, their, their, their television partners and all of that stuff, they're still tr- trying to work through, okay, uh, what are we doing next year? Like, uh, when does the season start? When's training camp? Oh, by the way, We've got to have the lottery. That's That's got to be the first thing. If when this announcement is made, okay, uh, only the 16 teams are coming uh, to the bubble. There's no more regular season. Great. When's the lottery? And when's the draft? That, that's got to be question number one. And then once, okay, you know what? Nope, we're playing a 72-game season. Everybody is coming. All right, let's get everybody into the bubble. But before training camp is over, you still have to address... When is the lottery, which obviously now you have to wait till after the season, after the, you know, the regular season. And then when's the draft? Great. We've got those days. Okay, good. When's training camp next year? When's the start of next season? All of that has to be addressed here really quickly. We're entering June for God's sakes. We're days away from June 1st. We're approaching halfway through the year already. A totally wasted year. We're approaching halfway through. And with that, we've got to work out the logistics for an NBA playoff bubble situation. We've got to actually have it with no catastrophic events. All the while, we've got to plan next year and launch next season. Because I think the last thing the NBA wants to do is abbreviate next season. They, my feeling is, they will do everything, even if it means the season ends in October, even if it means that the last game of the NBA Finals this year is played in October and training camp begins in November. And and the regular season begins on December. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Christmas Day games and opening day games are now one and the same. I think they would rather do that then risk shrinking an 82-game schedule because financially, they're already dealing with empty arenas. They can't deal with another season you know, of, of, of a consolidated schedule. But the NBA continues to take steps to do all of the right things. And now it's the league having conference calls with each individual team's getting their feedback and their input on what they think the remainder of the season should look like. Speaking of doing all of the right things, I thought the match was fantastic. The Champions for Charity thing with, with Phil and, and uh, with Phil Mickelson and, 
and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. I thought it was awesome. I watched the Tiger Phil thing last year, like after the fact, and it it uh, I I mean I don't know we like it didn't work for me. It was kind of like they were awkward. Like Phil was trying to be this big trash talker. Tiger was kind of you know, trying to be an extrovert when I really think he's an introvert. And it was like, uh, it didn't work. But Peyton and Peyton and Brady added a, a nice little dynamic to it. I think Brady has more of a personality than we you know realize or than we've, than we've been allowed to see in the past. And we know Peyton just oozes charisma. He's got a great personality. In this match, this, this got Eli Manning on Twitter, which was that, that was one of the biggest wins of the weekend. Who would have thought that? Eli Manning, biggest win of Memorial Day 2020, Eli Manning joins Twitter. And I thought, I remember, because obviously what I saw first was the Brady tweet. Brady retweeting Eli talking about, oh, just like Eli did not show up until the fourth quarter or something like that. And I thought, wow, this is okay. Like, maybe Eli's going into broadcasting. Maybe this is just his way of staying connected. Like, I can't imagine why Eli would, like, why? And then I think his third tweet was like an ad. And I don't remember who it was for. Was it like uh, it was like hot wings or Frank's hot sauce or something like that? It was like, oh, somebody probably just paid Eli a ton of money to join Twitter. Good for Eli. And I thought he was fun. I thought he was engaging. I thought he was great during this, you know, during this tournament. The weather was awful. Uh, it was pouring rain, you know, a big, big chunk of the time. Uh, we got to see Tiger Woods play golf for the first time in, you know, I think it was a, almost 100 days. I think it was 98 days. Uh, to be exact, uh, he didn't look particularly good the last time we saw him. Uh, but it was really, really fun to watch these guys. We saw Tom Brady split his pants. I don't know. Uh, hey, we saw Tom Brady hole out a couple of times. We gave Peyton, you know, a microphone in the rain, yeah, which was fun. Brady, we were talking. He, he would have brought Gronkowski because Gronk does whatever Tom asked him to do. Go wrestle, take a year off. Come play in with me later. Uh, come caddy for me. Uh, you know, it's hard to get to him, right? But you know, so who, you know, do you bring Eli? Could do that. You bring Nick Foles. Yikes. Um, That's good here. stuff. That's, I mean, Peyton knows what buttons to push. He knows how to trash talk again. That's you know the rain hitting the microphone, which is why it sounded like that. But it was I thought. I don't think if 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 I if I if I'm going on the uh, Dave Meltzer review five stars, I go five stars for for the match. I thought it was great. I actually enjoyed it. I begrudgingly watched it because it's like ah, uh, well, it's just sports podcast. Like oh, I gotta watch it, but it was fun. Like not that there was anything else on. Not that I was man. I'm really missing out on blah 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 blah. I thought it was great. Five stars. Just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, it, it, what, what? So, okay. <laughs> Full disclosure. I couldn't do Lance, man. Sorry. I, and I swear to you, I tried. I couldn't do the Lance Armstrong 30 for 30. And when I say I tried, I need to be completely honest with you. I told you that, that, that the trailer where he said, this is my version of the truth. Rub me the wrong way. Or what did he say? No, that wasn't it. This is, th- what did he say? This is the truth as I remember it. It's like, oh, okay, so this is going to be a four hours of lands full of shit. All right, I'm good. I'll pass. Thank you, though. I turned it on. I turned it on a little late, about 20, 30 minutes into it. Thought, well, I'll watch it from here. I'll catch up later. Turn it on. There's Lance. 
they're doing it, it's it's for whatever part it was on it, it, it would the sit down was on Lance and as soon as I saw him I listened to him for about 12 seconds and I just said to no one in particular nope can't do it I can't watch this I, I just can't watch this dude I can't take him seriously no matter what he says here I wouldn't believe him I'm good I turned it off passed on it so I didn't watch the I didn't watch the Lance Armstrong deal so if you did give me a heads up like was it good is it worth watching do I need to go back and check it out if it is then if you tell me it's good if you tell me it's good I'll stomach it and I'll go back and watch it 916-888-5898 speaking of uh, there was a lot of rumblings about a another. I believe it. What do we What do we've got here? A nine part series, the man in the arena, man. See, this is this is how misinformation gets out there. I'm not going to use that overplayed, insanely political fake news term, even though I just said it. This is how. This is how misinformation gets out there. So I read the press release for the Brady thing. And then I read ESPN's accompanying article. So what it sounds like is uh, the, some, some, uh, the, the show is called the, the, the Man in the Arena. It's, it's Tom Brady. It's a nine-episode series that will take a look from Brady's perspective at uh, the six Super Bowl championships that he won and the three Super Bowl championships that he lost. Nine episodes an episode of Super Bowl. All right. The series is produced by ESPN as well as 199 Productions, which is uh, Brady's production company, as well as Gotham Chopper of Religion of Sports. So Brady says uh, through the series, we're defining the key moments and challenges that were seemingly insurmountable, but through hard work and perseverance became career-defining triumphs in both victory and defeat. That was a quote from Tom Brady that was included in both the article and the press release. Nowhere in the press release or the article was this labeled a 30 for 30. Nowhere in the press release or this article was this labeled a documentary. So people needed something to bitch about with the last dance. And we'll get to, I, I, I want to play for you what, um, what Sam Smith had to say. Uh, you know, we 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 talked about a, an interview Sam Smith did on the Dan Patrick Show, where he said, uh, you know, the, the, this the, the last dance is more it's based on a true story rather than actually being what happened. Well, that was people's gripe with the that was people's gripe with um with the last dance is that well Jordan was involved, so it was only going to be so honest, and if I just wish it was more honest, and all of this. You know, other stuff. That that was people's big complaint. Where the where where now? What's the level of dishonesty? I I you know I don't know. I wasn't there. In fact, most of us that weren't there. Sam Smith perfectly qualified to talk about you know what what was honest and what was dishonest because he was there. I wasn't. I have nothing to complain about here. What was I going to learn? Probably nothing. What did I learn? Nothing. Still enjoyed it. Still watched it for, for 10 freaking hours. But 
immediately upon the announcement of the the Tom Brady thing, it was, oh well, how honest can a documentary be when 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 his his own company is producing it? I was like, wait a minute, this this didn't say it was a documentary. Nowhere did it say that this was a documentary. And people were already all riled up and hot about it. it. Ain't been filmed, ain't been seen, ain't nothing happened regarding this uh, man in the arena. Not labeled a 30 for 30, nothing. But they're already ready to call it dishonest. Do I think Brady's going to talk about the flake gate? Minimally. Maybe not, not more or less than anything that we've already heard him talk about. Do I think he's going to talk about Spygate? Hell no. Will he even discuss his relationship with Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, uh, Bill O'Brien, Jimmy Garoppolo? Do I expect him to honestly address any of that stuff? No, absolutely not. Tom Brady has a carefully crafted public persona. And I don't expect him to break that persona because now he's in Tampa Bay. I don't expect him to break that because he's putting together a nine-episode series that focuses on uh, his Super Bowl appearances. Absolutely not. I'm not even 100% confident that this is going to be interesting. Because, you know, with, 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 with The Last Dance, at least we got, whether we liked what we saw or not, we got to look into what made Jordan great. It was his competitiveness. It was his, it was his competitiveness, and perhaps it was his pettiness. That's what made him great. Okay, cool. I don't even know that we're going to get that out of Tom Brady. We might. I have no idea. But I'm not going to crap on this because it's like, well, how can, how can this be a fair documentary? It's, it's not a documentary. It's a show. It's a show about his Super Bowl appearances, and he's in charge of it. So what? A documentary and a show aren't the same thing. And we've, we have encompassed in recent years, 30 for 30 has almost taken the, it's almost taken the documentary title away. Like, oh, this is a 30 for 30. 30 for 30s aren't documentaries completely either. They're sides of a story. As we know now from the, from the Jordan episode. Sometimes we get more balanced sides of a story. Sometimes we don't. But I'm not quick to crap on this because Brady's producing it. See what comes about of it. Like, watch the first episode, then crap on it. Let's see who's involved with it. I mean, did they going to talk to Eli? How many members of the St. Louis Rams are they going to talk to? I mentioned Sam Smith. Uh, he was on with the game as well. Uh, as a matter of fact... Uh, uh, our buddy Kyle Matson, uh, Bonte Steinman and Guru, uh, he produces that show for ninety four seven. The game he had, they had uh, Sam Smith on recently, uh, and Sam Smith elaborated more on. Yeah, this was just kind of based on a true story, and there was a lot of BS in there as well. In the, in the documentary I saw, I would know that that he made up or he lied about. You know, they weren't they weren't major things. But it was like, uh, you know, it's like when a TV movie comes on and they say, this is based on a true story. That's what that was. <laughs> it was based on a true oh. story. They, you know, they had all the outlines of what happened, but a lot of the detail, like the, you know, like the pizza thing, the poison, that was complete nonsense. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there were, a couple of, there were a couple other things like that. 
uh, you know, won't go into them, but it weren't major. But but the thing at the end was a complete blatant lie. The thing at the end, by the way, that he's referring to, and Sam isn't the only person who said this. The thing at the end where he was asked about, uh, is it maddening leaving at your peak, or is it, uh, you know, gratifying? And Jordan was like, it's maddening. If you, you know, I, you know, I know, you know, Kerr. Kerr would have taken a deal to come back. It would have taken some work to get Scotty back. But if they brought Phil back, like everything else would have fell into place. There were, uh, Sam again, Sam Smith isn't the only person who said this. There were a number of people who who were around the Bulls and around the NBA at the time who were like, nah, I, that doesn't sound right. Jordan was done. In, in, in 1998, Jordan was done. Now, how much of that, was set up by the beginning of the year. Like how much of that was set up? And, and, you know, I think Jordan sort of alluded to this at the beginning of that, of that conversation there at the end of the, at the end of the last episode where he said, like, why would you put the 82 and 0 thing out there? Like, why would you say, even if you go 82 and 0, we're not having you back because that gives you like this sense of finality. Like no matter what happens, like this is it. And once you go, I don't care how competitive Michael Jordan is. I don't Michael Jordan the greatest of all time. Maybe Michael Jordan is the most competitive, uh, 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 petty person that's ever lived, Com- competitive, petty athlete that's ever lived. And that's how he found his motivation. Great. But you go, you go from, you know, September, October to June, believing this is it. It's over. And then all of a sudden, you're going to, you know, flip the script after you've achieved that ultimate goal in which you've had some of your most, in, in, in which you've had some of your just most toughest tests, all of a sudden it's like, oh, Phil's back. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's just erase the last eight months and pretend that it didn't happen. Everybody associated, or not everybody, most of the people I've heard associated with the NBA, he was done. He just didn't want to play anymore. He was over it. And he was particularly over that organization. He didn't want to be around Krause anymore. Uh, he never really talked in depthly about his relationship with Reinsdorf, but it was clear he was done, and he just just like he was in 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 uh in 1994, 90, 1993, the end of 19, he just he needed to get away, he needed to be away from it. So you know, yeah, and the and the pizza thing, I, I the pizza thing is just something I'll never understand. I, I don't know that it, it it doesn't even add to the story to me. Like, it doesn't make it a better story. The flu game is a better story, and I don't know one person who has now started to refer to this as, oh, yeah, it's the food poisoning game, or it's the pizza game, or it's the Pizzagate game, or, you know, whatever. Like, I've nah. Like, that's that's not a thing. That's not a thing that's happening. Uh, so that's what that's what Sam Smith had to do. It's it, it'd be interesting. I w- I spent this weekend looking for my copy of the Jordan Rules. I wasn't able to find it. I know I have it somewhere. It's probably just boxed up somewhere. It would be interesting uh, to go back and read that now. I remember reading it when I was younger, thinking Man, this is crazy talk. Like what? What? this is fiction, right? This isn't real. Michael Jordan wouldn't act like this. Now I want to go back and read it. Because I want to see if, they, because all of the main stories are in there, like don't pass the ball to Bill Cartwright late. You know, he even said that. He's like, I, I, we're going to run this triangle offense and the ball's going to wind up in Bill Cartwright's hands with five seconds left on the clock? Like, no, I ain't going to do that. Then there was the line, <laughs> you throw to Bill, I think it was you throw the ball to Bill Cartwright, I ain't throwing the ball to you again. Like, yeah, I think Jordan said all of that stuff. And that's that stuff was in the book back then. That was in the Jordan rules uh, back then. 
uh, a book that might be written next year. Uh, it might be the Dak Prescott rules or the Dak Prescott contract or the Dak Prescott saga. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I do know I have never in my time as a sports fan, particularly in this 24-7 instant media era that we've had uh, since the advent of social media, I have never seen every single major insider of a sport come through to refute something that was reported. Chris Sims uh, reported that Dak Prescott turned down the richest deal in NFL history. I believe it was a five-year, $175 million deal with the last year paying him $45 million a year. That's what Chris Sims said Dak Prescott turned down. Without offering any reason as to why he turned it down, uh, he noted that Dak Prescott turned down the richest deal in NFL history. Almost immediately, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, uh, Calvin Hill, like all of the Cowboys beat writers, even the writers that are in Jerry Jones's pocket, every single NFL writer who knows about the Dak Prescott negotiation tweeted, yeah, that's not true. They tweeted it from Dak Prescott's side. They tweeted it from Jerry Jones's side. They're just like, no, like that didn't happen. The the only the hang up right now between the two is Dak wants a shorter contract and the Cowboys want a longer term contract. Um, with the belief that the Cowboys want five years and Dak wants three or four. Uh, it's hard to believe, you know, a, money still has to be an issue because it's hard to for me to believe that if Dak is willing to take a four-year deal, that uh, a, four, a fourth and fifth year uh, is really the, you know, the outing of this whole thing. I just, I don't believe that. And I thought Chris Sims' report was insane, but I can't remember a contract negotiation having as much misinformation tied to this as the Dak Prescott deal has. Remember, there were reports that Dak Prescott was asking for $40 million earlier this year. And I remember reporting on that, or not reporting on that, sorry. I remember us talking about that, saying, yeah, that's coming from Jerry probably. Jerry's probably trying to make Dak look bad. Like, look, look how much we're offering Dak Prescott. We're trying to do everything he can. Whether they really offered him $40 million and he turned it down, I have no idea. But you start looking at some of these stories that go out there, and it's like, okay, this, this story is meant to make Dak Prescott look bad. I haven't seen a story come out that would obviously be from Dak Prescott's camp that would make the Dallas Cowboys look bad. I actually feel like Dak's camp has been pretty quiet. They have refuted reports. They refuted the $40 million per year demand. They refuted the Chris Sims <clears throat> report that uh, came out last Thursday, I think it was. And of course, everybody else on the planet refuted that report as well. But this has just been one of the stranger contract negotiations I can ever remember. It's like, and now we're left with assumptions. And now we get into this thing like I saw a, a unfortunate, lengthy, you know, I fell down this rabbit hole like Mike Freeman was tweeting about Cam Newton and like Cam Newton haters. And, you know, you see all these people tweeting about like the type of money Cam wants. It was very reminiscent of Colin Kaepernick. You know, I, you know how everyone on the planet knew that 
Colin Kaepernick wanted starter money and he wanted a starter position and he wasn't going to be a backup and he didn't want this and he wanted to play here, but he didn't want to play here and he wanted to play for this coach, but he didn't want to play for that coach. All enough misinformation had been thrown out there that you could pretty much make up whatever you wanted to at this point. I feel like I, I really feel like we're heading down those territories, that territory with Dak Prescott is there has been so much, and this is going back to before the start of last season. And Dak had one of the most, you know, Dak, he goes out there, he throws for 500 yards, throws four touchdowns, man, his price tag just went up. And then the next week he throws three interceptions, 200 yards, man, how much money did Dak lose this week? It's like Dak's long-term future with the Dallas Cowboys was riding on every single game that he was playing last season. And then the off season got here and we just got report after report after report and and you don't know what's true and what's not. Because, again, I don't think Dak Prescott's side is talking. I think Jerry Jones' side has talked. And, and to be fair, I don't, I don't think they were behind that $175 million report that came out last week. I don't know where – I don't know who Chris Sims talked to or what, what – what, who, who said that to him that made him feel confident, uh, confident enough to say it out loud. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I do know, I don't think that, that like the Cowboys have said anything in, in very recent memory. And I don't think that that Dax team has said anything like at all. Uh, the Oakland A's find themselves in a very real life situation. Uh, the Oakland A's have not paid their rent. Use the Ring Central Coliseum according to the interim executive director of the stadium authority, the um, Henry Gardner told uh, the Bay area news. He's, he's the interim executive director. I thought this was a hell of a quote regarding the Oakland A's. They said, and this is the quote here. They said, because they haven't used it, they were not able to generate revenue and they have no ability to pay. We recognize that we've all been upended in a number of ways. Maybe there are some things we are willing to negotiate and waive. But we can't just say no rent. The Oakland A's, again, they find themselves in a very, very real-life situation. Uh, Hell of a weekend for Mike Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson will be at AEW Dynamite uh, tomorrow night on TNT. He was at AEW Double or Nothing. Going to talk about uh, Double or Nothing and the rest of the news going on on our exclusive wrestling edition of the podcast available on patreon.com slash Damien Barling or DamienBarling.com and click the Patreon button in the upper left-hand corner. You can join our community over there and get a number of exclusive Patreon podcasts, including our wrestling edition where we review uh, Double or Nothing, which I thought was a, I thought it was a, it was a good show. I thought the main event was great. It was one of those, you're either going to love it or hate it type deals. I thought it was a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy, you know, I, I enjoy the, you know, the money in the bank thing, the, you know, Firefly Flunhouse. I, I appreciate that they're trying, both wrestling companies are trying to do something different. I think AEW is doing a hell of a job right now of putting on good television. And I love that Mike Tyson was there. Uh, Mike Tyson has been offered $20 million to come out of retirement and compete for the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Uh, 53-year-old Mike Tyson has gotten everybody's attention uh, with his workout videos as late on social media. Tito Ortiz told TMZ 
Uh, he had been contacted by Mike Tyson. Uh, Evander Holyfield. Uh, Evander Holyfield also reportedly is considering a third bout with Iron Mike. I don't know much about the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. And when I say I don't know much, I mean I don't know anything about the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Uh, I assume it doesn't have a commission. I would just prefer Mike not fight. I Mike looks extraordinary. He looks absolutely incredible. He looks like he can fight. I mean, he looks like he's in fighting shape right now. I want to see it, dude. I don't want to see Mike fight. He's 53, man. Come on. Mike is 53. Just appreciate a fact that, you know, Mike is 53 years old. Mike's still crazy. Mike appears to have all his wits about him. You know, and you can, you know, joke about that all you want to. Mike has always been a little touched and a little special, and he's always had a unique way of talking, but I never thought, man, Mike, Mike, uh, Mike's been punched too many times. And, I, and I'm not trying to make light of that because I sighed when I said Evander Holyfield's name because Evander Holyfield has very clearly been punched too many times. But it's scary because if this bare knuckle fighting championship isn't sanctioned, like, again, that's an assumption on my part. To be clear, I know absolutely nothing about this organization. There isn't, of course, commissions don't matter. They're as crooked as crooked can be. Evander Holyfield shouldn't be fighting. Evander Holyfield should have been done fighting long, 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 long before he was actually done fighting. But Mike Tyson, man, good weekend for Iron Mike, and he looks absolutely extraordinary. But I can appreciate that for what it is. Iron Mike, 53 years old. Uh, he's in incredible shape. You know, we've seen him. You know, his big Broadway tour, he made his big comeback in, in, in The Hangover. Oh, man, Mike doesn't look too good. Now he looks phenomenal. Let's appreciate that for what it is. A dude that looks absolutely phenomenal. That doesn't mean he needs to get out there and and and, and fight. Of course, there's a $20 million check with your name on it. Well, maybe you consider it. I don't know Mike Tyson's uh, current financial situation. We've got a Patreon account set up for you, as I just mentioned. Uh, exclusive podcast, including the return of Be Conscious coming this week. Uh, we've got the wrestling edition of the podcast, which will be available for Patreon users uh, later on today. You can check that out, patreon.com slash Damian Barling. Or if it's easier for you to remember, go to DamianBarling.com and check us out there. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We are eight days away from the debut of my newest podcast, Relive, where we relive some of the greatest moments in the history of professional wrestling. Of course, if you're a Patreon subscriber... You can get the first two episodes right now. The third episode focusing on WrestleMania 10 uh, will be available for Patreon users uh, this week. For everybody else, uh, the first episodes will load uh, next week. So make sure you go subscribe to Relive. I think you're really, really going to dig that. Even if you're not a current wrestling fan, even if you're just an old school wrestling fan, I think you're going to dig it. As a matter of fact, I'll go even further, especially if you're an old school wrestling fan. I think you're really going to dig it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Marty Mack, stay up, dog. We'll see you here tomorrow on the podcast with Damian Barling.